Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's up and play today. And 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL trade radio engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you on the trade feed. For the next hour, we will be speaking to Toby Bedford a little later on. Of course, he is one of the Giants' latest recruits, but in studio this morning, Josh, we're very lucky to have Swan's List boss, Kinnear Beetson. Kinnear, good morning. Hi, Sarah. Nice of you to join us. Now... It's a busy trade period for some clubs, not necessarily so much the Swans, but there is, of course, the Aaron Francis trade that looks like it will be getting done. Can you just take us into how close you are to getting that deal across the line? Yes. um, There's two things that we're trying to achieve out of this trade period. One is to bring Aaron in, and we're hopeful we're edging closer with that. That might involve a three-way deal with Melbourne. We're exploring that at the moment. Um, Chris Kane's working his way through that with the, the points and numbers and everything that each club requires. The other part of it is we, we do hold selections 14 and 17 and we're open-minded with what we do with them. We would like to get into the pointy end of the draft. Not sure that that's going to be possible, but um, of course we can explore that prior to the draft and we can also explore it during the draft. Just on Aaron Francis though... You clearly see him playing in the back line. Are you hoping to do a Paddy McCartan there to, to get the best out of him at that second club? Uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, Aaron's quite clear in his own mind that he needs a fresh start um, in a different state, get out of the bubble. Uh, and I know that was something that went through his mind when he looked at going back to Adelaide. Um, could he escape the bubble? Um, in the end he understood that if he came to Sydney, that same bubble's not there. So he can just walk around as Aaron Francis and the public won't know who he is and they won't care. It's quite a selling card, isn't it, to have that at your disposal, given that Aaron Francis, as you say, he hasn't necessarily liked that spotlight. It's a big draw card for Sydney. Yeah, I mean, some players um, like to avoid the spotlight and others thrive on it. So it depends on the individual. And what are his biggest strengths? Because, of course, he was a top 10 pick. And we often forget when these players, they get a bit of out of favour with their own clubs. We forget why they were taken so early on in the draft. Yeah, look, he's um, got good closing speed and he can certainly intercept Mark um, in the in the back six. So it would complement what we've got down there with Paddy, um, uh, Tommy McCartan and Dane. So it allows us to have a bit more flexible uh, flexibility down there, so that's the main aim of it. Can you hear the mechanisms of the trade period fascinate a lot of people, especially Sarah and myself. We've unpacked a lot of trades from the last 20 years, even longer in the past <laughs> fortnight. But this Aaron Francis one, it's slightly fascinating because of the Sam Wiedemann component. Is that the way it gets done? It doesn't get done separately? You think this will get done with Melbourne and Essendon involved in a three-way trade? At the moment, it looks that way, Josh. Um, things change, though. It doesn't take much to tip it on its head if clubs are a bit unrealistic with what they expect 
etc. Um, you've got to try to take the emotion out of it because the people that are affronting their club, they're trying to get the best result for their club. Um, we get it. Everybody understands it gets a bit um, testy at times with some of the relationships, but hopefully we'll be able to get this one done, if not today, hopefully tomorrow, and it doesn't draw on to the, the last 15 minutes or so, <laughs> which is, it's just too stressful for everybody, but some some people like to play it that way. We do like deadline day. We're looking forward to seeing what happens. As Sarah touched on, we'll get to some draft stuff because you're one of the best in the business like you have been for a very long time. But Lewis Malikin is a player from the Sydney Swans who's attracted a fair bit of interest. Do you expect him to remain a Sydney player by 7.30 tomorrow night? Yeah, it looks like uh, Louis will stay with us. Um, the Saints did have some or express some level of interest in Lewis. Um, but when they brought in um, Zane Cordy, that mm. dried up pretty quickly. Um so Lewis is contracted for a further year, so I'd be pretty confident that he'll remain with us. The other player that's been linked to the Sydney Swans is Brad Crouch. Obviously, Don Pike coached him for some Brad period. or Matt? Matt Crouch, apologies. Is there any interest in Matt Crouch during this trade period? No. No, we haven't spoken to Matt or his management about him coming to Sydney. Not sure where that rumour grew from, but um, no, that won't happen. We're speaking to Kinnear Beats and the Swans list boss. And you, if you have a question for Kinnear, you can text us 0419 You mentioned before that the Swans have picks 14 and 17 at the draft. The combine was held across the weekend, so it's been a very busy couple of weeks for recruiters like yourself. Which players are on your board at the moment? Who do you think will be around those picks? Uh, I'm not prepared to give away <laughs> names, Sarah. The trade because, secrets. Yeah, because there's you know other clubs in front of you, and especially when you hold two picks, um, yeah, you, you're keeping your cards pretty close to your chest. If we could get forward, we think there's some really good midfielders in that early batch through to about eight or nine that we'd like to get into. But uh, at this stage, it doesn't look like that's going to occur. But you are quite prepared to trade up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we'd look at that, uh, whether it's the two of them or one of them or whatever. I mean, we could even look at the possibility of trading out um, pick 17 for a future pick for next year when potentially we could be more active. Do you think next year's draft crop is stronger? Uh, I reckon the grass always looks greener on the other side <laughs> of the fence, to be perfectly frank with you. My experience would suggest that when you're looking at the 17-year-olds and the 16-year-olds, you look more at what they can do and their shape and how they move, etc. but you're not digging deeper into how resilient they are, how they dig in in tight aspects of the game. You haven't done anywhere near your same research with coaches, etc. about how coachable they are. Um, and unfortunately, that does happen in their 18th year when you start to dig a bit deeper in that. You know, would the kid settle if he relocated? Becomes a lot more involved in their 18th year. Um, on paper, it looks all right. But I think this time last year, we thought the tools looked pretty good for this draft. And it hasn't um, ended up being the case for whatever reason, probably a, a raft of reasons. And I'm so fascinated. You, just, you just need to be a bit careful. Sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah. I'm just fascinated to know, Kania, what you make of this mega deal that happened yesterday. We saw picks flying absolutely everywhere. Some kangaroo fans, including a past kangaroo great in David King, disappointed that the Roos traded away that first selection and then have picks two and three. Do you like what they did there, though? Uh, yeah. 
I do. I, I think the players, if they hold on to those two picks, they'll get two very good players there. The fact that they also brought in a further future one, um, I thought it was a pretty astute um, trade. The other thing that you've got to, or people have to understand and your listeners have to understand is there's no one else that knows um, Jason Horn Francis as well as what the North Melbourne Football Club do. So they'll know whether there was a chance that he was going to settle and get his uh, best footy out of himself or not. Only North know that. They're close to it, closer than anybody else, past players, fans, members, etc. So you just back your staff in that they know what they're doing. But two and three for mine, if they hold those, um, they'll get two very good players. Can you, that's the point that Brady Rawlings made this morning around Jason Horn francis Really interesting comments by the head of football at the North Melbourne Football Club. Just on pick splitting, I feel like it might become more and more common. Obviously, it wasn't the only pick splitting we saw yesterday because West Coast moved from two and they got pick eight and pick 12 was part of that mega deal. Obviously, Junior Rioli left the club. But again, pick splitting, it, it it's just become a little bit part of this lexicon at this time of year. Yeah, I think clubs do a lot of work in terms of looking at the depth of the draft. And it's not only how many players you think are, are going to go on to become AFL players. It's the type of players they are and how many players fall into each of the categories, whether they're key position, ruck, midfielders, you know, um, intercept defenders, running defenders, outside mids. Um, so I would say that West Coast have looked at it, um, weighed up the options that they're going to have at those picks and said, why not? We've got two picks now rather than the one. In a list um, from afar, I would say they need to probably refresh it anyway, and I would say that's part of their motive. We've just lived through two years that have been affected by COVID. Obviously, 2020 was a wipeout. We saw probably half of season last year. Recruiters and list managers like yourself must be feeling much more confident heading into this draft that you've got a lot more exposure to kids. You've been able to go back into the homes, which I know is a big part of what you do because for yep. the best part of 18 months, it was all via Zoom. You couldn't go into someone's house and see how they were like with their family. Do you feel much more confident heading into this draft? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot more data on them. Uh, mm. We've had a, a, a decent um, AFL-NAB combine this year, which has been good, but also they've played a lot more football, so we've got a lot more GPS data now. And the more you've got, the clearer you are in terms of what those results are telling you rather than a very, very small sample size. Um, thorough medicals, the, the medical staff have been able to get in there. They've got more results. Yeah, it's a lot more comprehensive. So at this stage, you're a lot more confident in terms of what the selection will be, yeah. How careful do you have to be about the go-home factor? Of course, we've seen it already with Jason Horn francis He wanted to go home to South Australia after just one year at the Ruse. A player like... Logan McDonald, for example, at the Swans. How much of that do you have to factor in your decision, especially when you are taking these draft picks at the top end? To a degree, Sarah, to be honest with you. I mean, you've got to back your own system in and uh, the welfare uh, department at your club and how well they do that, um, looking after the player, having the families involved. Uh, we haven't had too many leave um, and even from prior experience at Brisbane, most of them that have left that I can recall haven't so much left because they were homesick. It may well be their partner was homesick. Uh, and that had a lot to do with Jordan Dawson going back to Adelaide last year. Um, his partner missed home a lot. Um, who knows whether that situation would have been different 
had that couple been able to get back to robe uh, consistently throughout the year and their families up to Sydney, they'd had two years of not seeing their families. Uh, that's tough. Um, so everyone's an individual. What's important for us as a club is to try to be clear in our own mind in terms of how tight that family is and how that player is going to relocate. Like, say, for example, someone like Ollie Florent, uh, who there are not too many players that have a tougher uh, lead into a draft than what Ollie had with the passing of his father. But once Rachel, his mother, had given her blessing that she was happy for Ollie to go, and we wouldn't have, done, we wouldn't have selected Ollie if for one second Rachel gave us an indication that that was going to break her heart for the second time. That, that's just too hard. There's, you know, there's bigger things in life than football. Um, but once we had that assurance from Rachel and Ollie was keen to go and we knew that he had a big network of people in Sydney because of his dad's tennis history, um, yeah, you're confident with that. It doesn't always work out, but you do a fair bit of work on it. And so I guess it's also incumbent on the club then to map out times where players can go and have a few extra days at home and the like to make sure that they are still staying in touch with their family too. Yeah, John's very good with that as head coach. He's got real empathy for the players, uh, homesickness, and just crucial times in their family's uh, life that they might need to get home, whether it's a member of the family's ill or someone's died or whatever. John's very compassionate in that area and does a, an outstanding job in it, I think. Can you let's shift gears a little bit because it's been a really busy year for the Sydney Swans in terms of re-signings. I'm, I'm expecting that it won't be as busy next year given the magnitude of the deals that you've you've signed this year. But as a starting point, Harry Cunningham is a name that fascinates because he's had a contract offer on the table for a while. Is he close to committing to the club again? Uh, yeah, that's done. That's done Josh. now? Yep. Two-year deal? Yep. Done. Yep. There we go, Sarah. There's another one. <laughs> Done. Well, this is one off the text line asking, can you please ask Mr. Beetson, is Harry Cunningham going to re-sign? So there we go. He's signed on for another two years. Whoever your caller is, Kinnear's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was Mr. Beetson when I taught back in the in the Mr. late Beetson. 80s yeah, at Coburg High. The Might be one, one of my past students. <laughs> it could be. We have got a lot of interesting texts coming through across the past fortnight, Kinnear, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yep. Tom Papley, I mean, he wasn't out of contract until the end of next season and you've come out of a grand final and you've locked him away for five more years. How long was that in the works and was it always the intention to get it done so far out? Uh, yeah, we were talking to his manager, Winston Rouse, about it and we thought it would probably take longer than what it did, but in the end it happened very quickly. So that was a, a pleasant uh, surprise for us and for Winston uh, that Tommy agreed and saw a good opportunity there for for Tommy, I think it was just about the security. Um, he's really settled now in his life, he and his partner up in Sydney. So, yeah, we. but it's fair to say we were surprised in the end how quickly it got done. So it was a win-win for both of us. And you locked away two of the poster boys of football in New South Wales in Isaac Heaney earlier in the year and then Callum Mills towards the back end of the season. Was that part of your strategy this year to get them locked in for the long term? Because, again, they weren't out of contract. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... With your, with your stars and, and your sort of uh, marquee players, it's important to try to have, not control of them, but have them locked in. And then you can work around the rest of the list from them. Um, most sides are the same. You've got this group of players, whether you call them marquee or whatever, I mean, they're just crucial for how you play and, and your chances of winning. Then there's another batch that 
uh, how can I put it politely here? <laughs> they're, st- they're still important, but they're not as important as that group of sort of six to ten. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And moving forward, will Chad Warner be part of that six to ten, or is he already there? Because second in a B and F, the ceiling for him, it's very high. Yeah, he's a beauty, Chaddy. Um, well, he's locked in. Um, I think it's till two twenty four or something like that, if my memory is correct. Um, no, it might be beyond that. Two twenty five, I believe. Two twenty five. Has he surprised you though with how quickly he's developed? We knew he was a fierce competitor, and we knew he had a bit of latent speed, but. Um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that we predicted that was going to occur to the level that it had. Like, he's become a very influential AFL player now. And this is from Scott on the text line, and you can text in 0419187323. He's asking, how is Sam Naismith going? Is it possible that he'll be able to play next season? Uh, Sammy's still on a uh, what you'd call a hold with us, with list spots. Um, he's only just started his rehab from, I think it's his third knee reco. Um, so it's a wait and see, unfortunately for Sammy. Yeah. It's been a bit of a tough slog for him, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has, um, feel for him. Um, sometimes the game can be brutal, especially on the injury front and the opportunities that they get. And just to circle back to Aaron Francis, what does that mean for someone like a Will Gould, who's still yet to debut, I think VFL player of the year at the Swans made the VFL team of the year. He was highly touted when he came in, a really big, bullocking kind of boy. Do you expect him to take his chances next year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Will uh, knows where he's at um, and the areas that he need, needs to improve. The, the coaching panel's been very clear with him in the areas to improve, to, to get into a game or to get a game. Um, he's taken that on board. We're pleased to have him for another year because he was playing very well at the end of the year and was really unlucky not to debut towards the end, but we didn't get injuries in that back six. So it was a bit of a hard team to sort of crack. But yeah, like all players that are trying to break into the team, to a large degree, it's up to them. Can you I've got one last one because I'm sure you've got plenty to do ahead of tomorrow night's deadline. Lance Franklin, obviously re-signed in grand final week, one-year extension, goes beyond that initial deal, which is amazing to think how long he's been in the game for. Were you always confident that he would remain at the Sydney Swans for next season? Um, the club or, or me personally? You personally. Um, You've been around footy for so long. You've got a good read on these, I'd imagine. Yeah, I don't, th- I, th- I don't think it was an issue of whether Lance would go and play somewhere else. I think it was just more uh, Lance and Jacinta working out where their family was at was it the right time to relocate? Lance being confident in his own mind that he had another year left in him, um, which clearly he, he did. And then we were looked at the our list and thought, well, if he's not here, we've still got to try to find another 50 goals from somewhere. And while Logan's developing and that bud being out there takes a lot of heat off those young forwards. Mm. So um, it's still a pretty good match for us. Well, Kinnear, we get live feedback clearly as this show goes on. And this is from Tom in Geelong. He says, this bloke seems elite and I have to concur. Thank you so much for joining Josh and I on the trade feed. Best of luck with getting that Aaron Francis deal across the line. It sounds like there's still maybe a little bit to work through, but you're going to get there. We hope so. We're getting there. I mean, if common sense prevails, and that really is the case in trade week, but um, if it does, yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later for Aaron's sake. 
Sydney Swans, Liz Boss Kinnear beats and there with us. This is the trade feed thanks to Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with a one in four chance to win with the Monopoly game at Macca's. Win prizes like a year of free Wilson parking, a new Volkswagen Polo feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians, and Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL trade radio engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Kablich here with you on the trade feed. We've just been speaking to Swans List boss, Kinnear Beats, and if you missed it, you can get it on the podcast. But Josh, he's just such a lovely bloke and always a really fascinating chat. Very fascinating. I mean, he has been involved in this game for 30 years. He just explained off air that <laughs> he coached Jason McCartney when Jason McCartney was a 14-year-old on the state team. So it's it, that shows the longevity in the game and he was integral to Brisbane's success and he's been integral to this Sydney culture that's been phenomenal for a long time. And looking like getting that deal with Aaron Francis, of course, mm. the bomber across the line as well. Plenty to play out in the next 24, I'm trying to do the maths, what is it, to to 30 hours in this trade period. One trade that's already been done, though, is to do with Toby Bedford, the former demon. He is now a giant and he joins us on the line on the trade feed. Toby, thanks for your time. Are you with us, Toby? All right, we might have a little trouble getting Toby there. Toby, have you got us? All right, we'll pick Toby up, but we will be asking him just about the pitch from the Giants. Of course, we know the story with Toby Bedford this year, Josh. Uh, a lot of times starting as the Medi sub, it mustn't be easy. No, not at all. I look forward to getting that insight from him. But he had a really great year when you consider he only played the two games prior to the start of 2022. To be involved in the 23 on 16 occasions was a really big Uplift. It's the reason why he's had so many options at this time of the year, and it's the reason why Greater Western Sydney wanted him so badly. All right, Toby, second time lucky. Welcome to the trade feed. Have you got us? Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Ah, beautiful. Nice to hear your voice. Now, congratulations on being picked up by the Giants. Take us through the decision and just how hard it was to leave leave the Demons. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I said, obviously it was was quite big decision for me. and it, it was pretty tough leaving the Demons. I've been there for four years now and I've got great mates and um, made great relationships with the entire coaching staff as well. So it was a pretty tough decision, but um, ultimately I think the move to GWS will be um, good for me and hopefully um, kickstart my career a bit more. How keen were the days to keep you? Yeah, look, we had, we had some um, uh, big chats throughout the year and um, I think they were pretty keen, but like I said, I think the the decision to go to GWS was just um, more about kickstarting my career and trying to get the most out of um, myself in, in AFL. Toby, take us inside this process because it's a really difficult time for players to make decisions on where they want to play their footy, where the opportunity lies, and the thought of moving into state as well. What was the pitch like from Jason McCartney and Adam King- Kingsley and the rest of the Giants? Um, yeah, like, like I said, it's, a, it's quite a big decision to um, move clubs um, and especially in the state. But 
Uh, I spoke to Jace um, a fair bit throughout the year and um, met met Adam Kingsley. Um, I had a meeting with him um, a couple of weeks back, and no, it just it just seems like the the uh, footy program heading in the right way, um, right direction, and um, with Adam Kingsley coming in, the new game plan seems very exciting. And um, to be honest, I just thought it was quite a good opportunity for me um, to play more football at AFL level. So. Yeah, like it is a hard decision, but I also thought I also think I've made the right choice. I understand you went out for dinner recently with Stephen Canelio and Toby Green. You must be really excited to play footy with Toby Green in the same forward line going forward. Yeah, I mean, super excited. I mean, he's a he's a he's an unreal talent, and um, I've watched him a lot um, growing up. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to learn off him and um, pick his brain, and um, hopefully, yeah, take my game to the next level as well. Now, I'm always interested in questions around restaurants, Toby. We're speaking to Toby Bedford, the newest giant or one of them. Where did they take you, Cogs and Toby Green? Um, Good we question. Went, <laughs> yeah, we went, to the, we went to the Dolphin in uh, Surrey Hills. Oh, um, so okay. we had a couple of drinks and had some uh, had nice pizza and... Yeah, enjoyed a good night. They do a good pizza there. We walked past the Dolphin when we went to the prelim at the SCG recently, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It was good there. It was good. <laughs> and are you looking forward to life in a new state? Do you have any trepidation at all? Because it must be a little unusual, you know, uplifting your whole life and going somewhere where I'm, I'm guessing you're not too familiar with not just, you know, the suburb you might be living in, but also your new teammates. Yeah, um, nah, I'm more excited than anything, to be honest. Um, I'm originally from Western Australia, so um, I got I got a bit of family here as well. So I've lived here for yeah eight or eight or so years. But um, I'm more excited more than anything to move and um, enjoy a bit more you know, warm weather up there. Toby, before we unpack your 2022 season, I'm just interested by the other clubs that showed interest in you. I understand that Essendon and North Melbourne were two of the keenest. Did you meet with them and did you consider moving to another Victorian club before settling on the Giants? Uh, yeah, look, there was some talks from my manager about meeting with them, but um, I think in the end we, we thought that um, it was between GWS and Melbourne for me. Um, if, I was, if I were to stay in Victoria, I probably would have just um, signed on with the Ds, but um, I think, like I said, moving, um, it's, it's, no, it's exciting for me. So, um, yeah, after having pretty big discussions with my manager, we just thought that GWS was probably the best option for me. Take us inside the conversation with Simon Goodwin and Tim Lamb when you announced that you were going to depart. I'm sure they understood why, but it must have been a difficult conversation to have. Uh, yeah, it, it was a pretty difficult conversation. Um, obviously, they were, they were pretty keen to keep me, so... Um, yeah, there was an element of disappointment on their end, um, but I, I think they understood um, why I, I made the decision I did. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it was it was a difficult one, but I think we both um, we all left on good terms, and uh, that's the main thing. If we go back twelve months, Toby, you'd played two games in your first three years. I'm sure there weren't clubs knocking like they are now. What changed over the preseason to get to this point where you played so much football for Melbourne this year and put yourself in a position where other clubs were chasing you? Yeah, um, I guess I work pretty closely with um, uh, Choco. Um, he's helped me develop a lot. And um, I guess just having confidence in my game this year to take it to the next level. Um, I struggled with a bit of confidence in my first three years. But this year, I just kind of um, took my opportunities and played with confidence and played with a bit, a bit of flair, um, which kind of helped me throughout the entire year. And yeah, I guess that's probably why I played... Um, some of my best football to, the, to, to date. Um, but yeah, they're main reasons. 
Tell us a bit more about Mark Williams, because especially for our listeners, they'll be keen to know Toby. We hear so much about him, especially when it comes to that development space and how he's such a nurturing, incredible coach. What makes him so special and so effective in getting the best out of players? Yeah, well, like you said, he's, he's quite nurturing um, and he's, he's really welcoming. Um, he wants the best for everyone. So um, all, you, all you need to do with him is um, go up and ask him for this or that like, and help help with anything and he's more than he's more than happy to help you no matter who you are if you're a first year player or if you're in your the 12th year um he wants to see everyone improve and he and he loves to win so i guess that's why he's had the success he's had toby melbourne is such a tough team to break into this year you were the medi sub 10 times how difficult was that or were you just happy to be in the 23 and be involved in match day because as i said before two games in your first three years 16 this year but the Medi sub, it's almost bittersweet sometimes. Yeah, no, look, it, it was, it, it is a bit bittersweet. Um, obviously, I was, I was extremely happy to be around the team um, on match day and be part of that twenty-three, like you said. But um, yeah, also you, you want to play football. Um, I guess you don't want to be sitting on the bench um, for the entire game, hoping or not hoping, but um, waiting to see if something happens. But um, yeah, like you said, it's. It's bittersweet. Um, you're kind of there, but you're not, um, uh, and you just want to play football. So it it can be it can be quite uh, mentally tiring. But at the end of the day, I guess you've got to do what you got to do for the team. Did that factor into your decision at all to explore greater opportunity? Because as a, as we've discussed, you were right on the cusp of being in the twenty two so often. Did it factor into your decision to move to the Giants? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, uh, all, all you want to do is play football and play football at AFL level. So. Um, I think I'll hopefully have a bit more um, opportunity at GWS. So that definitely factored into my decision um, to getting the trade. We're speaking to Toby Bedford, GWS's new recruit. And Toby, just the mentality of being the sub that often. How did you gear yourself up for every game, knowing that you might come on, you might not come on, you might come on in the first minute, you might come on with one minute to go. I'm just wondering, as someone who had to do that 10 times, did you have a method you would go through to prepare yourself mentally for, for being the Medi-Sub? Yeah, well, um, I lived with uh, Luke Jackson and Cody Pickett for the majority of the year this year. So um, we'd go to the games together. And to be honest, I just prepared like I was, I was playing a normal game. So um, I did everything normally with them. Um, we had passes the night before. I had a little kick the, the day of the game in the morning. Um, and then we'd go to the game together. Um, but yeah, like you said, you, you never really know when you're going to come on, so you've got to kind of stay mentally ready throughout the entire game, which which can be quite draining at times. But um, like I said, you got to you got to do what you got to do for the team, and um, I was happy, I was happy to yeah help as much as I could. So, were you living with Luke Jackson this year? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Did you have much of a feel for what he was going to do with his future at any parts of the year? Oh, uh, we had some conversations throughout the year, him and I, but. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was a pretty tough decision for both of us. I think he obviously wanted to go home, but he would have loved to stay in Melbourne if he could have. But his family were there, and um, it was a pretty tough decision for him. And um, and I just wanted more opportunity to play football. So uh, we did we did have a couple of chats throughout the year, but um, I, we didn't really know what each other were, do, were going to do until um, towards the end of the year. 
Toby, you weren't the only person to sign with Greater Western Sydney yesterday. The Giants also signed longtime assistant coach Brett Montgomery. Now, <laughs> you crossed paths with Brett Montgomery during your time at Melbourne Grammar. You must be excited to uh, restart that relationship up in Sydney. Yeah, uh, no, really excited. He, he was my head coach at school. Um, mm. He actually texted me yesterday when um, he found out that I was traded. Um, so, no, very excited to get back working with him. Um, we had a good relationship when I was at school. And, um, no, he's a great fellow, and I can't wait to get working with him again. You haven't crossed bars with too many other Giants. I understand Braden Pruce, who was on the list at Melbourne when you were there. You played a little bit of footy with Connor Iden back in the day, I think. So do you know many of the other boys? Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, I haven't I haven't crossed paths with too many other boys, but uh, they've all been very welcoming. Um, I've gotten a few texts from the boys, and uh, no, just really keen to get up there and meet, meet the rest of the squad. Um, I know I, I've kind of spoken to a couple over over the phone, but um, no, I'm keen to meet them all in person. And now the trade is done. I'm sure you've you've lived through some unrest in the past few months, working out what is next for you and your footy. You off somewhere overseas for a period now? Yeah. So uh, I was pretty happy the trade got done yesterday because I actually fly out today around 4pm. So going to Europe. So um, no, when I got the news, I was stoked because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get on that plane not knowing what I was doing. Toby, so, um, when you yeah. say Europe, we just start salivating in here. We are so envious. Where are you going? Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm heading over there with Tom Sparrow. We, we, we fly straight to London and then from there go to Germany, Prague, Amsterdam, um, Berlin, sorry, and then Budapest and back to London. So we've got a little trip and we're very excited. So you were facing the prospect, though, of, <laughs> of being on a flight today with your deal potentially not being done. How was that going to go? Yeah, look, look, like I said, I was I was super happy when I got the news yesterday. <laughs> so I was actually thinking about it the other day. Um, I think Sunday morning I woke up and I had a few drinks on Saturday night and I, all I was thinking about was um, – the trade going through before I got on that plane because I didn't want to be on that plane a bit anxious and a bit nervous. I'm um, not knowing what my future was. was. Well, your future so, is yeah. at the Giants. Toby, enjoy that trip. It sounds like you described it as a little trip. It doesn't sound all that little to me. I think there are about six or seven stops in there. But have a great time and thanks for joining Josh and myself on the trade feed. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Toby Bedford there, one of the Giants' latest recruits. And I tell you what, it's going to be a lonely household for Cozzy Pickett because he's lost his two housemates in Luke Jackson off to Frio and Toby Bedford, Josh, off to the Giants. There's a room going, that's for sure, at Melbourne right now. So. I think there's two in that house. Yeah, there's two rooms, you're <laughs> right, you're spot on. So big get low for the Giants when you consider Toby Bedford. It really does fit a need because Brent Daniels missed a huge chunk of football this year, a huge hole for them. So to get Toby Bedford in, I think it's a really good need and and paid too much for him in the end, which is great. Great deal by Jason McCartney and the Giants. And, of course, Bobby Hill, also now a magpie. This is a trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. All new Trim Master. Out now. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. 
This is the trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast. Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. And making news this morning, Jack Gunston has signed on with the Lions. But, Josh, there's still plenty to work through with this trade period. Got about 30 or so hours to go. Deadline day, it's going to be frenetic, that's for sure. Rory Lobb, what's the latest? Well, just on deadline day, it's it's is going to be a busy day, but it won't be busy until late in the day. I don't think the trade window actually opens until 3 p.m. No, it so doesn't. we'll see all the mm. lodgements come through late in the day, which is great for the drama, but not for sort of spreading out the news <laughs> across the day. I don't know what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Have we discussed that yet? Maybe we'll discuss it off air. Yeah, that's an off air conversation. Thank you. No, it is. But we'll talk about Jack Gunston first because this is the deal that's been done this morning. There was a hope that this would be done last Thursday or Friday. Mm. It just dragged a little bit just in terms of what Hawthorne wanted in return because Brisbane didn't want to sign him as a free agent. They didn't want to lose and cancel out the Dan McStay compensation pick. They got pick 35 for that, of course. So they end up sending pick 48 in this year's draft and a future fourth round pick to the Hawks for Jack Gunston. So they've got their man, direct replacement for Dan McStay. And a lot of people will say an upgrade given his resume and what he's done. And his last five rounds of the season, it was a reminder of just how good Jack Gunston is. I think he came back after the passing of his father late in the season and kicked 17 goals in the last five rounds. It was a super finish to the year and it really reminded the competition of just how good he is. Because we think back to last year, only managed the one game due to that back injury. Struggled a little bit early in the year with some niggles, with some ankle injuries and some other issues with his body. But showed in that last patch just how good he is. So they finally get the deal done. That was secured first thing this morning after Brisbane sent through a couple of options late yesterday to Mark McKenzie and the list management team at Waverley Park. And they finally came to an agreement and he's at the Gabba. So it's a good signing, but they've got bigger fish to fry now, the Brisbane Lions. They do. Rory Lobb, is he going to get his wish? Definitely progressing in the right way. So as we've discussed across this trade period, we think back to on the eve of the trade period and Peter Bell, there was a a letter release, a press release with Peter Bell really strong on the stance that Rory Lobb is a contracted player for 2023 and isn't going anywhere. David Walls, head of player personnel at the Dockers, reiterated that on the start of the trade period, on day one, there's been a softening now. Now that the Luke Jackson deal has been done. Funny about that. (laughs) Yes, yes. So the Dogs and Dockers are engaging in conversations today around this. My understanding, though, that the Dunkley deal would need to be done first as a, as a point to help get this deal done because 21 is the sticking point in terms of the Dunkley. That is what Brisbane have at the moment. So 21 and a future first round could potentially get the deal done with the Dogs for Dunkley. And pick 21 could then be on traded to the Dockers for Rory Lobb. So in essence, it would be Lobb and a future first for Josh Dunkley. So it wouldn't be a bad return in the end, although the Western Bulldogs this whole time have wanted two first-round picks. They looked at what uh, GWS got for Tim Taranto, which was pick 12 and pick 19, just outside the first round for 19, but a really strong hand. They wanted something similar, but you've just got to work with what you've got. And, of course, Brisbane haven't had a lot to work with. They've compiled a lot of second-round draft picks because of what they need in terms of Will Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher to match those bids in the draft in November. But it feels like we're getting closer. I mean, we're running out of time, so it has to be closer. But if I was sitting here right now, I'd say that Dunkley gets done first to open up for Lobb. But I feel like this one could still be done the last hour, last half hour of tomorrow night. What about Ollie Henry? Surely he is running out of time. He wants to go back down the highway and join his brother at Geelong. 
Are they making any movement there, the pies and the cats? Hasn't been too much movement on this one, Sarah. I feel like they've prioritised Tanner Bruin. So pick 18 they gave to the Giants for Tanner Bruin and, and that would have probably satisfied what Collingwood was after. So if this deal doesn't get done, I think we can look back to that deal as being prohibitive to Ollie Henry moving to Geelong. Collingwood wants a first-round pick. They're just, they're just not going to get it at, at this stage because Geelong currently has pick 25, and pick 25 isn't enough for a player that Collingwood used a first-round pick, a late first-round pick on, but only two years ago. And Ollie Henry's already proven that he's got some elite talent at this level. We haven't seen a lot of him, and he fell out of favour in the second half of the year when Ash Johnson came into the side. Obviously, Dan McStay comes to Collingwood and Bobby Hill comes to Collingwood. There's a real crunch on on positions in Craig McRae's 22. So you can understand it a little bit, but the frustration from Collingwood is there. And there's a thought that maybe Geelong gets pick 33 in the Asava Radagalia deal from Port Adelaide and 25 and 33 could be packaged for Collingwood. But I don't think that gets the deal done. Obviously, Jack Bowes has got to go through as well. And that's pick seven that goes across to the Geelong Football Club. Now, I believe that Collingwood is interested in finding a way to shuffle from 16 to seven because Collingwood has 16 at the moment. I don't think that's going to happen. Geelong want to keep pick seven. So there's so much in this. It's very complicated. I don't know if it gets done by tomorrow night. And what about Brody Grundy? Does Luke Jackson getting his deal done help that deal there? Well, a little bit like... Uh, Dunkley and Henry, like you can only work with what you've got and Collingwood want a pick inside 25. Melbourne have got pick 27 at the moment. It's not far (laughs) off. I know they've set the bar where they want it, but they're so far down the road with this. I cannot imagine Brodie Grundy returning to Collingwood, even though he's got five years to run on that super long and lucrative deal at the Magpies. I think they find a way to get this done, but I think clubs are just holding out a little bit just to see if there are any other pick swaps, because we've seen a lot of pick swaps already, and I think we'll see a lot more to come in the next 30 hours. This is the Trade Feed, thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. For logbook servicing, you can... 2191 for your local owner-operator. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gabalich here with you on The Trade Feed. It's been... A busy show, Josh. Can you beat in the Swans list boss with us off the top? You can catch that on the podcast. And he gave us a bit of insight into what's going on when it comes to Aaron Francis. Yes, it looks like a three-way trade with Essendon and Melbourne might be struck to get Sam Wiedemann to Essendon and Aaron Francis up to Sydney. So keep an eye on that. It feels like it could be done today, but it might be one of those deadline day deals, but it definitely looked like it was heading in the right direction, Sarah. And Toby Bedford, he also joined us, the former D, now a giant. Remarkably, he gets on a plane tomorrow and he just said, I was so grateful the deal got done. Otherwise, I would have hopped on the plane and not known where I was playing next year. Remarkable. It means he could have been on a leg, the first leg for 18 hours and been (laughs) in complete (laughs) no idea of what was happening. So very fortunate for him that that deal was done yesterday. It was one of the first deals done 
along with Luke Jackson and Isaac Rankin ahead of that mega deal. All right, coming up after midday with Riley and Cal Rowan O'Brien, the West Coast list manager. So stick around on Trade Radio. This is the trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream. We'll see you again tomorrow. Listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Play the Monopoly game at Macca's for a one in four chance to bring home a win. Prizes like. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.